Welcome to the Runners Connect, Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Lucas Felton. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Runners Connect, Run to the Top podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Felton. Before we get started with this week's interview, we'd like to take a moment to answer a question that was phoned into us from Dana Abbey, which is here. Hi, I run about 50 to 60 miles a week and I don't compete, so I'm running year long without events and I'm wondering should I follow other training programs for people who are distance runners, including some kind of taper weeks in my schedule? Thanks! My answer to that would be yes. Even if you don't compete, it's probably a good idea to take some down weeks here and there throughout the year, especially if you're feeling tired or just becoming bored with your routine. Thanks for asking, Dana. For everyone else, if you're not sure about something, please don't hesitate to ask us. We'd love to answer your questions. Now let's get back to this week's episode. The Hanson's Brooks Distance Project has been helping good but not star runners compete with the best athletes in the world using unique and innovative training methods for several years now. More importantly, they've shared these methods to help runners like you achieve extraordinary results. The Hanson's approach to marathon training, specifically the long run, has revolutionized the way age group, Boston qualifiers, and beginners alike prepare for the marathon. Now, Luke Humphrey, the author of the groundbreaking book Hanson's Marathon Method, is back with a fresh and innovative approach to training for the half marathon. A few of the topics Luke and I discussed included specific energy system differences in training for the half versus full marathon, how training for a half marathon can make training for the full distance seem more manageable, how to run speed, strength, and tempo workouts, and how they are incorporated into the training schedules, how to adjust the schedule if you can't handle all three of those workouts in one week, and the importance of a training segment for shorter races and how it can help your marathon training overall. We'd like to thank Luke for his time and wish him the best of luck with both his own training and his coaching. Finally this week, we have a drawing for a free copy of the Hanson's Half Marathon Method book. You can enter at runnersconnect.net slash contest slash Hanson's Half. That link is in the resources section of this page, along with all other resources mentioned in this show. So, Luke, nice to have you on the show today. So you've done this on our site before, but um, just describe your own running and coaching background for those who haven't seen our previous interview. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my name is Luke Humphrey. I've uh, been a part of the uh, Hanson's Brooks Distance Project since 2004. Um, so this is my my tenth year being in the program um, as a uh, professional runner, I guess. Um, three-time Olympic trials qualifier uh, in the marathon. Uh, run uh, 214.30-ish in the marathon. Um, and since today we're talking about the half marathon, my half marathon PR is uh, 103.57. And uh, just some highlights. Uh, top 12, I finished in the top 12 in uh, New York City, Chicago, and Boston. So... I uh, definitely feel pretty proud of that, seeing that I, uh, I'm just a pretty average um, average guy when I came to the, the distance project. Um, as far as coaching, uh, I've been a member, uh, well, member of the Hanson Brooks Project since uh, 2004, but I've owned Hanson's Coaching Services since 2006. Uh, Kevin and Keith... Uh, Kind of, kind of encouraged me to, to start doing some coaching and uh, start doing the clinics that they used to do in the stores for the uh, Detroit Marathon 
uh, back then and then just kind of grew from there and then um, wrote the the marathon version of the book we're talking about today um, in 2012 and then uh, and then here we are today so that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell all right so for those who haven't, who haven't read it can you summarize your book uh, Hansen's marathon method yeah definitely man uh, you know the, the, the schedules had gotten a fair amount of press before the book. Um, definitely in Running Times, Runner's World, those types of those types of magazines, and uh, you know, I guess what caught a lot of people's eye was the 16 mile long run, and um, the programs themselves became pretty popular. And then we were approached to to uh, kind of put everything down, put all the details in, so. That's really where it started. I mean, it wasn't anything that that we really sought out. It just kind of fell into our lap. Um, you know, Bell Press was gracious enough to to give us the opportunity to to write about it. And uh, it, to me, it just clears up a lot of uh, misconceptions about the actual program because so many people just focus on, you know, why is your 16 mile long run? Why is your long run only 16 miles? Things like that. And you know, we were able to just put a lot of the details down so people could see the whole picture of the program and you know when you see it when you see it in a magazine article it's great to get it out there but um, it doesn't tell you the whole story and so the book tries to tell everything about the program it certainly cleared up a few a few uh, a few issues I had with it when I first saw your first saw the schedules in running times as you said so other than it just kind of making sense why did you decide to write a book on the half marathon um, I actually didn't, I didn't, uh, seek it out. <laughs> uh, Casey Blaine, um, who is my editor, uh, with Velo Press, um, you know, they, you know, they, they had the vision that this was the marathon book could lead to, to other things. And, and one of those things being a half marathon book, um, I personally, you know, kind of had to be coaxed into writing it just because, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not an, I don't see myself as an author. I, I didn't see myself writing books when I started doing the online coaching and coaching uh, locals around here. And uh, I still kind of felt that way even after the marathon book was, was pretty successful from the start. Um, but Casey, Casey definitely encouraged me and she really kind of just, she just, basically said, I'm going to send you a contract and, and you think about it. So, and so we did, we, you know, she, she, she did a couple of days later, she sent me a contract and, and, uh, just kind of kept asking me about it. And, um, I said, okay, that, that, you know, that maybe we should. And, and, and honestly, you know, right after the book came out, we started getting so many emails about, you know, like all the, you know, really like the program, you know, I've had success with it, this and that. And then the next question would be, well, how do I adjust this for a half marathon? And after we started getting a lot of those emails, then it was kind of kind of like, okay, yeah, we should probably uh, figure this out and, you know, figure out what we're going to do about um, a half marathon book. And so it all kind of just came together um, a few months after the marathon book was released, actually. So, um, but personally, I... I, I kind of had my, my arm twisted a little bit to write it, but um, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I think a lot of people would, will be too. It was, uh, again, a very, uh, it did it was a good blend of the science and the uh, and the practicality of, of having to actually do it. 
So what are some of the major differences in training for you know a half marathon versus a full? Obviously the distance and the long runs, but what else? Yeah, I mean that, that is a lot of it. Uh, you know the the mileage is definitely not as scary for the half, and I think I think that's a good thing. I think you know that that opens the door for a lot more people to do a half marathon, um, and it really since it is so much short, you know it's half the distance it definitely opens the door for less experienced people, you know, because one thing I wrote in the marathon book is I really, I really didn't encourage people just basically starting from zero and running a marathon. You know, I really wanted them to take a look at maybe doing something like a half marathon and then training for a marathon. And this, this is perfect. This opens the door, you know, for them to train for a race that's still going to be a very good challenge and then opens the door for them to run a marathon later, um, you know, later on. So, um, but, but the mileage is definitely different, but the, the philosophy is really the same for the half and the full, you know, we're training for, you know, we want to start at the bottom of the pyramid, I guess, and, and work our way up. And we're trying to build that aerobic foundation and get people to be consistent with training and things like that. Um, you know, obviously with a marathon, you know, people are ultimately training the same thing. You know, you're training to, to fight glycogen depletion and fight general fatigue and things like that. In the half marathon, you know, you might get a person who's running a two to three hour half marathon, you know, and they're really, they're really training more like a marathoner and, you know, somebody who's say you know, minutes or faster, you know, they're, they're not going to have the same um, issues that, uh, that, the two to three hour person would. So you do kind of have to cover a bigger spectrum of people with, with the, the half marathon. Speaking of that, why do you think the half marathon has become like, has just exploded in popularity just as a racing distance and event in the last probably three years or so? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we did, we looked at the numbers from uh, running USA when we were writing the books and, you know, you're looking at, you know, roughly, Five to six hundred thousand people total finish a, mar- a marathon in the U.S. every year, and you can double or triple that number for the half marathon, and 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 then it well, and then you can even go further back, and the 10K is double or triple that, and 5K is you know more than that. So, you know, the shorter the distance, the more people you have. But um, I think it's I think it's some of the things we just talked about. I think you know it is. You know, one of the biggest problems people have with our marathon program is just the, the overall commitment that we ask a person to make to the training. Um, we, you know, we're asking them to run six days a week. And we're, ask, we're asking them to train pretty hard, really hard for, for the marathon. And, and that's daunting for a lot of people. And, and, you know, it's too much for some people. They can go back to the half marathon and fit the training into their schedule and not have to sacrifice a ton out of their, their social life and their family life and and things like that. So they really get a best of both worlds in that situation. I think that's, I think that's a lot of it in, in, you know, and then you look at, um, half marathons. I mean, it seems like, it seems like there's a half marathon, you know, every weekend now, you know, you can, you can find a half marathon as easily as you can find local 5k or 10k. I mean, even the Detroit metro area, it seems like you can find a couple within, you know, a 50 mile radius within every two weeks. So, um, there's a lot of them out there and, and, you know, I don't know what the, if there's a price difference or not between running a half and a full, but, um, just seeing the prices of what a full marathon costs these days, 
uh, I think that would be a pretty big hindrance too for some people. So there's a, I mean, there's just a lot to it. I think just people want to run, but they don't necessarily want to have to make that full commitment to running 26 miles and running 13 miles is much easier thing to commit to, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It also seems like it's kind of the, uh, the buzzword of the mar- of marathon that even if it's not the full distance, it's, Oh, marathon. For sure. For sure. You know, and I, I think ultimately I hope what it does is it gets people to believe that they can run the full marathon. You know, they've seen, you done the half marathon and you know, they're still in pretty decent shape and say, okay, you know, you know, before they started training for the half, maybe it seemed like just too much, but hopefully afterwards it seems like, okay, I could, I could add a few more miles a week and, and do this for a, twice the distance you know so well that's what i hope happens but even if not i mean just having all those people involved in the sport and, and seeing what's going on is, is a good thing so you can't you definitely can't argue with that absolutely so how do you think completing a half half marathon distance will translate to the ability to do the full distance i think thinking thinking about this in terms of our our program um i think it's going to be great because i think they're going to see how the half program is laid out and how similar the, the marathon program is laid out. And I mean, that's on purpose. I mean, they're, they're derived from each other. So, you know, that's, that's on purpose. Um, but I hope people see that and say, Oh, you know what, instead of running a six mile tempo, I got to go up to a 10 mile tempo, but I get to slow down for that, you know, for that workout. So I just hope it bridges the gap between what they think is impossible and what is really possible, you know, and, and I hopefully, Hopefully, you see more and more people making that tra- transition from the half up to the full. And I, I think you will. I think just by naturally seeing how the numbers are going the last, you know, ten years, I think I think you will eventually see those people try a full marathon. But um, but I think right now what you're seeing is a lot of um, people running for charity, um, running for any type of endurance race for the first time. And, and the half is a good place to settle, you know, maybe, maybe they think that a 5k isn't, isn't far enough, but a a half marathon is definitely something that is going to be a big challenge, but it's not going to, you know, break their, uh, summer, um, party schedule, you know, so, (laughs) you know, you know, and that's, I mean, because that really is one of the biggest concerns we always get is, man, I've got to run six days a week, you know, and you know how summers are, you know, barbecues and, all that business going on and open houses and things like that. And it just, it does become a challenge to try to figure all those things out and find that balance in life and running and, and running usually the one that gets <laughs> taken out. Yep. Or at least on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And so, so somebody completes a half marathon, somebody uses your program, completes a half marathon. How do you think like, and say they did it in two hours. How do you think mm-hmm. that that finish again, hard to generalize, but, uh, how do you think that like that kind of finish would would translate to the ability to to finish a full marathon? Do you think that's a good indicator, or is it really just really hard to tell from from so much shorter of a distance? I de- I definitely think that if they finished our half marathon program, they would definitely be able to do a full marathon. Um, I, you know, I would say they could probably turn right around and follow the marathon schedule and be completely fine to do a full marathon for sure. Um, I just think, I'm just trying to think of the numbers off the top of my head. And I think our, the half marathon program, gosh, I think it peaks out in the forties for mileage. And then if you 
so if somebody did 18 week half marathon program, took a little bit of time off, came back, started the beginner marathon program, you're going to start building back up again. And then you're going to peak out maybe 15 to 15 miles more a week at the very peak. So you're going to have another, you're going to have run a half marathon schedule peaking out at 45. And then you're going to take another 10 to 12 weeks to get back up to that 40 miles a week and then go just above that. Um, and the workouts are going to be pretty similar. They're just going to be a little bit more volume for the marathon. And honestly, the long run doesn't get much longer than it does in the half marathon. So I definitely think if somebody went through the beginner half program, they could turn around and do a beginner full program. Because you're talking about a 36-week spread there, too, plus time off in the middle. So you're talking 37 to 38 weeks there, which I, to me personally, I feel is is plenty of time to be able to adjust to both to both uh, programs. Certainly sounds pretty reasonable to me, at least. So you were mentioning, you just mentioned the workouts. I'd like to go into the workouts a little bit. Can you just kind of outline, the th your schedule outlines three different workout days uh, in a week. Can you just outline those and, uh, and go into them a bit? Yeah, the, the first set of workouts you'll see is, we always call them SOS workouts or something of sub some something of substance and uh that includes the speed workouts tempo runs uh what we call strength workouts and then i always throw the, the long runs in there too um just because of the volume and uh can be run a little bit faster than your easy days but um the speed workouts are the are the first ones that we usually that you see in the beginning of the program um and that's really just you know your traditional um, track type workouts where it's, you know, 400s, you know, we go from, we start from 400s and build up to, uh, to 1600 meter repeats and, uh, you know, five K to 10 K pace. Um, and that's by design for a couple of reasons. One is that, uh, this, a lot of people haven't really done speed before doing these programs. So it introduces them to that type of interval type of work. And then it also allows them, so let's say, let's say you want to run a half marathon and you've never done any type of racing before. By us doing the speed in the front, we can say, okay, now go run a local 10K and see where you're at. And then we can say, okay, based on this time, we think you can run, you know, 145 and a half or whatever the case is. And then we can give you specific training paces based on that. So... That's one reason. The other reason is that we want to save the race-specific stuff for the last six, eight weeks of the training program. So you're solely focused on the half marathon-specific work that last bit of uh, bit of time. So um, that's why the speed's there. And I think you know it gives it. If somebody hasn't done those type those type of workouts before, it gives them an opportunity to kind of I guess mess it up a little bit. You know, there's going to be some trial and error involved. So that's a perfect time to have that trial and error and, and kind of figure things out over the, over the first six, eight weeks. And, uh, so then you transition from the speed over to the strength, which is it's more volume, but it's slower. It's in between 10 K pace and your half marathon pace. And, but the volume is, is higher and the, and the recovery is shorter. And that's just really where we're focusing on speed before we're focusing on, more half marathon specific stuff we're, ho we're focusing on being right around that lactate threshold for an extended period of time you know and developing 
the ability to, to tolerate that feeling and, and to be able to clear lactic acid out and tolerate the uh, production of lactate, lactic acid. So um, you'll see that from basically basically the last six weeks or so of the program. And then throughout the program, you'll see the tempo runs, which are, you know, our, our definition of tempo run is basically just running at race pace. Um, so in, in the half marathon schedule, it's running at half marathon pace. And we start start out with a small amount of mileage at marathon pa- half marathon pace and build it up to six, seven miles at, at half marathon pace. Um, and that's pretty much every week. And, and, you know, some people probably argue against doing it every week, but what we found with, with most of our people that are doing this program, they really don't do any type of running like that. So if we can get them to practice that every week, um, they're going to be a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident with um, with doing with, with with the feeling of their half marathon pace. So um, as for long runs, you know we're looking at every other week for long runs and just that you know traditional build up of you know starting at you know eight ten miles and building it up to uh, right around fourteen miles I think for the half marathon um, program and that's basically done every other week for the longer longer long runs. And that's a bit of a break from the traditional schedules where uh typically it's just kind of ingrained in most people's heads you got you do a long run on a sunday for example right. or a saturday right. why why do you do it every other week because i personally agree with that a lot i think that's a yeah. much better way to, yeah. way to go yeah and i and I, I mean a lot of people a lot of fast runners have, have, are in that mentality too and and i think uh I think when you're running really low mileage, you have to do it that way because you're missing out on other stuff along the way. Um, but if your mileage is high enough, then a regular run is going to be a fairly fairly far distance, and it's going to definitely be a, a certain amount of time. Um, and with the, and with the tempo runs, you know, if you do a six mile mar- half marathon pace run plus um, a warm-up and cool-down, you're talking about, you know, a 10 to 12-mile run, which for a half marathon is is pretty much a long run, right? So you you really are getting a long run almost every week anyway when you factor in what you're running for, um, you know, your longer tempos and then every other week doing a traditional long run. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's something that is a little bit of a, a difference from, from most people. But I think, I think with our mileage being what it is for the week, you know, when you're talking the last four to six weeks being in the 40s to almost 50 miles a week for the advanced um, schedules, then you're going to have weekend runs that are going to be pushing that 90-minute range anyway, which is, you know, kind of a traditional definition of a, you know, a long run anyway. So um, you're, you're still getting plenty of aerobic foundation-type work in. So um, I don't think – I think when you start pushing – we're already pushing the issue with getting people to run more mileage – and we're getting we're pushing the issue to do those tempos every week. So if one thing's going to back off, then we can back off just a tiny bit on doing long runs every week and and still get them fit and keep them healthy. That sounds again. That's that sounds exactly like what I would think with it. So this is just a bit of a side question. Where do you think? Why do you think everybody ha- people have it in their minds that they have to do a long run every week? And that's just that's just what you do. Where do you think that comes I mean, from? Well, you listen to the you listen to the guys in the heyday in the seventies, you know, like Shorter and Rogers and those guys, and 
you know, they said that's, you know, that's what they did every week was it, you know, a long run every week. And, and it was part of their, you know, just their weekly, weekly program. Um, but when you look at, when you look at training books and things like that, I mean, a lot of them will specifically say, you know, you're not even going to see the benefits of this for 10 to 14 days anyway. So why not just take advantage of that? Why not recover from the one before you do the other one, you know? And, and um, but it's just something that is ingrained. I mean, it's something like whenever you pick up any beginning running literature, that's really kind of what you see is, you know, we see that you've got to have that weekly long run in. But again, I think, I think that's something that, people use and replace of running a moderate amount of mileage all the time. So they'll just run lower mileage and get that long run in. And that's their big aerobic uh, run of the week, I guess. So that's, that's just kind of my take on it. But yeah, I mean, that's just something, I mean, I remember when I started running, that was, that was something that we were told all the time. Every, you just had to run a weekly long run every week. And, you know, and I don't know. It just seems like it's just what people hear all the time. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what the science is behind it. I, I really don't. Everything I read doesn't really point in that direction, but it's kind of like the 220 minus your age for heart rate. It's like that's what every, everybody uses, but I've yet to see anything that's actually looked at that and shown us that that's really even true, you know. Yeah, the uh, few of those old adages, you see them, and, they, and all of a sudden the quote-unquote science will back them up, but... Uh, all kinds of anecdotal evidence will say that really doesn't work at all. Or at mm-hmm. least I've tried that and it didn't work for me. And you see right. le- those stories are legion. So yeah, it seems like it might just go back to, to Lydiard and and when those yeah. guys, that's just when they had time to run that 20, 22 mile long run that they did. Exactly. exactly. And their mileage was so high that it just kind of fit in. They almost had to do something like that to, to get that kind of mileage in. But uh, when you're running, you know, 30, 40 miles a week, I think it's a different, totally different story. Absolutely. So uh, back to topic. So um, do you think there are any kind of special training concerns for the half marathon? Because with the marathon, obvi- the full marathon, obviously you, you're you really dealing with the fueling issue where the mm-hmm. human body just doesn't have enough fuel in it to, to make it to make it through the whole distance. Is there any yep. special concerns like that or different from that with the half yeah, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier about, you know, kind of those ranges along the spectrum that you have with, with the half marathon. And, you know, if you take a person who's running a three-hour half marathon, you know, it really is almost like training for a marathon for those folks just because they are going to have those depletion issues. They're going to have that muscular fatigue issue where, you know, they might just simply run out of gas and, you know, they might not have the uh, the muscle fiber connections to really – rely on those slow twitch the whole time and when those fatigue they don't really have anything to go back on um so with those folks yeah you're it almost is like an introduction to marathon training um and then obviously you have the other end of that spectrum where you know you have you know the fastest guys in the world are running under under an hour for the half marathon and you know that's 10k pace for those same people that are running you know three four hours in the for the longer distances so um like with those guys, you're talking about really training for uh, almost like a 10K and then adding a little strength into it for them. And, and you know, like I remember just reading in Daniel's 
Daniel stuff. It's like he almost says it's like you train for a 10K and then learn to hold on. You know, right. and that's almost that's really almost what it is for the really fast the fast guys. It's it's really kind of a blend of some half marathon stuff and some 10K type training. You know, just trying to get that lactate thresholds as high as you can and be able to to hold that pace as long as you can and 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 then see what happens. So there definitely are, and then obviously you have the vast majority who are somewhere in the middle of that, and you know they're dealing with a little bit of fatigue issue, but um, fueling might be a you know a little bit of an issue with those guys. But again, with the training, I think you can you can deal with a lot of that. You know, if you you know if you doing your tempo runs and you're doing the mileage and things like that, you know, you're going to learn to, to burn the fat a little more. You're going to be more efficient with, with burning fat and um, kind of pushing that, that those thresholds to the right and being able to, to tolerate paces for a little bit longer. So it really is kind of a blend of, of training for a lot of people. You know, it's, it's tough. So that's, that's tricky. And I kind of wrote about that in the book too, where, where it's, it's almost like the 800 meters, you know, it's, it's, you can't train like a 400 guy, and you can't necessarily train like a mile. You need to kind of train both ends of that Some spectrum. Both, yeah. to, you know, it's just a kind of in-between race metabolically and, and physiologically. So so that's kind of the concern is that is, is getting the balance of the two of the two elements, right? The, uh, the thresholds and the, and the endurance and the fueling. Right. And I think, I think that's kind of the beauty of it because you can, it makes, it makes your race decisions even more important, I think. And it makes your training decisions even more important. You know, with the marathon, we can just simply tell people, Hey, listen, just go out slow and see where you're at because eventually that's going to catch up to you anyway. And and you can make up minutes during the marathon, whereas the half marathon, you might not be able to do that. And if you do go out too hard, you really, you really, really can crash and burn as bad as it is in the marathon. It can be just as painful in the half marathon and it can be even worse. I think just because, you're more likely to actually get past your uh, lactate threshold, and once you do that, I mean, you know, it's gonna—it's just—it's not gonna be pretty. So um, <laughs> you do have to be very, very careful. Yeah, and we've all done that. Yes, <laughs> gone out and cracked in a race, and yeah, it's just—it's yep. just not very fun. So the schedules in your book, as we were saying earlier, uh, define three different hard days in a week. If a runner could only could only do two of them for for whatever reason family scheduling work whatever they could only fit in two of them which one do you think you'd eliminate if you had to um you know what i think is when we're talking about the thing about this when we're talking about the long runs um the beauty of it is so if you could only fit two workouts in then at one point you could you could basically take a strength run a strength workout or um, a tempo run, do that during the week. And let's say, so let's say week one you have, you're supposed to have the two SOS days and then a long run. Well, you could basically take one of those SOS days out and whether it be the strength of the tempo, do that, do one of those during the week and then during the, and then do the long run during over the weekend. The following week, what you could do is instead of doing, let's say you did the strength workout that week and then did the long run, you could substitute the following week with a, uh, a strength workout and then over the weekend do the tempo run. Okay. So then you're basically every two weeks, 
you're still getting all three of those things in. It's just spaced out a little bit more, which to me, you know, we've done, we've, I've actually done this with some of my, um, my, my, my coaching clients and, you know, some of us because they travel a lot or they're, they just, they need more time to recover, whatever the case is. And it's worked out pretty well. So, and it, and it breaks it up a little bit. So you're not, you aren't doing the same thing every week. You're not, you know, you are spreading it out around a little bit more and you're not really sacrificing anything. You're still eventually going to get, um, you know, the strength, the tempo in the long run in. It's just going to be over the course of two weeks instead of one week, you know. So okay. to, that, to me, that's what how I would handle it because most people are plan- if most people are planning on doing a longer run on Sunday anyway, then they can just substitute one of those SOS days that are, are, are that is more mileage to begin with, and it basically takes the place of a long run. So that's how I would do it. If if you really could only do two, um, I guess what I would do is alternate each week with a strength one week, tempo the next week, strength the next week, tempo the next week, and then continue on with the long runs every other basically every other week. So. To me, that's a good way to do it because you still get some of that balance in. I agree. That was, and my thinking in that was more for uh, for age group runners mm-hmm. who maybe just don't recover don't recover right. quick enough to maybe do two hard workouts in a week plus a long run. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing we'll do with some people too, we do it in the elite program as well, and that's doing everything on a nine day kind of nine day cycle. So workout two days recovery, workout two days recovery, then a long run. And then, and then starting the cycle over. Um, and that's worked well with some of our master's runners and, and people who really are pretty. Who just don't yeah. recover as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and um, yeah, I totally, I mean, shoot, I, 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 now that I'm on that cycle, it would be very hard for me to go back to a seven-day cycle. I'm so used to having that <laughs> extra, day, extra day recovery. So it, it is nice. But the only problem is then you have to be willing to do a long run during the week and that's tough for some people. So then, I mean, you could you could definitely adjust it to where you could make a long run fall on a weekend. Um, you just have to space it out a little bit more. Yeah, it's, um, it's just more difficult planning wise for most people. Exactly. Who, who exactly. Just yeah, done our seven day, our seven day cycle that's dictated by our calendar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you have an open schedule and you can you can take a couple hours off to to run every day, then. Then, well, then most people are jealous of you, and then it makes you right. a very <laughs> fortunate person. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, that sounds like a great uh, a great workaround is just to uh, is to do the strength workout during the week, and then a long run or a tempo run on the weekend. Because, yes. as you said, the uh, especially for the half marathon, the distance is pretty similar anyway. Right. Absolutely. So if if so, somebody reads both of your books and. If you if they were going to only take one thing from it, what which thing what would you like it to be? What would you hope it was? Um, there's a couple that I really like, but I think just well, we can do two. That's fine. Okay, uh, I think uh, first would be just being consistent in training. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot. You just have to be you just have to be consistent. And and um, to me, that's more than three days a week and it's, you know, it doesn't have to be seven, but if it's five, six days a week of, of running, I think just that alone, you're going to see huge improvements in, in your running. Um, second thing would be the balance, you know, and, and we've run into this a lot with, with marathoners 
especially marathoners that want to just keep running, you know, they want to do four or five marathons a year and then wonder why they plateau out. <laughs> That's just because they don't have that balance. You know, you don't abandon, don't abandon one aspect of training, you know, keep speed in there in some fashion, keep strength in there in some fashion and keep your tempos in there in some fashion and do a long run that's appropriate for the mileage you're running. And if you do those things, you can transition from being a good marathoner to a good half marathoner, running good 5Ks and 10Ks. I mean, because everything that we're doing is still aerobically based and you're just doing a little bit of speed in there to keep you know that top end of that pyramid sharp you can really do any distance you want and be be pretty good at it so i would say those those are the two two main things i would take away and one thing that i think that people should definitely interpret out of what out of what you just said there is that uh long run appropriate for mileage so if you're on a on a down period a long run could be six miles it doesn't have to be 12 exactly. if you're only exactly. running say 20 miles a week so I think that's something that everybody should uh, everybody should take note of. So mm-hmm. do you have plans for a book on shorter distances now that you've been kind of cajoled <laughs> into doing the half marathon one? Well, we'll see how this one goes. I don't know, maybe, maybe, but um, I think those would be a lot more work for me, um, 5Ks and 10Ks. So I, mean, we, I definitely know the marathon and the half marathon. Um, it would definitely be a lot more research for me for the 5K and 10K, but um, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's something that might be um, of benefit. I think I think I would actually reach out to um, the public who have purchased the the other books and, and see what they thought. I think that would be a good place for me to start on that. Um, we get a lot of requests for adjusting it to a triathlon schedule. Oh. Um, so that might be intriguing. And I, and I'm in an office with, um, triathlete coach, physical therapist, and, um, uh, a bike fit. I don't even know the proper term for it, but he fits, does bike fittings for, um, cyclists. Sure. Um, so I'm in a big group of people and, and Bonnie's the, um, triathlete coach and I've often, she's, well, she's often picked my brain how I would adjust things. But maybe I'll just maybe I can pick her brain and figure out how to uh, incorporate everything. But it'd be interesting. I, I think I think there is something that could be bridged there. Um, but it would definitely it would definitely take some adjustment. But um, it'd be intriguing because I think I mean we literally get we get a ton of emails for triathlons from people adjusting it for triathlon schedules. So I, I would be curious maybe i could find some guinea pigs to try it out and <laughs> see if it works <laughs> yeah i might have some names for you frankly um that would those would be very intriguing um if you were to write say a book on 5ks and 10ks would you pretty much approach it the same way just keep the balance in the training and be consistent and get this and uh, i imagine then the speed workouts would take a little more precedence but would, would yeah. that be kind of be how it goes yeah and i think you at that point you would have to flip flop the strength and the speed, and that would be a, a definitely a more lidiard approach to it, because um, right. you know now the speed's the first thing you do, and and uh, but yeah, I mean, and what's always intrigued me is people say, well, the last last six weeks always has to be race specific, but then they'll do more and more speed at the end of the of the schedule for for half marathon and marathon, where you know that right. that's what you have to do for a five k and ten k, but um, doesn't to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense doing it for a marathon, but. But anyway, so that would then it would just be a more traditional approach, I guess, for um, 
you know, building your base, getting stronger, doing even marathon pace stuff, and then shifting gears towards speed the last, you know, four to six weeks. So it definitely could be done. I think you just have to flip some things around. So. Yeah, I would definitely be intrigued. I would definitely be intrigued to see to see how you would approach that because I have thoroughly enjoyed your other two books, and I think it would I think it would go pretty well. I think the, yeah, uh, it seems like your main challenge would be to uh, keep people from doing too much speed work too early, like most coaches. Right, right, absolutely. And it'll be interesting too because we have more. You know, we traditionally the elite program has been a marathon program, um, and now it's it's interesting with guys like. Jake Riley and, and Bobby Curtis on the team, and then and Brendan Gregg, Ethan Shaw, um, some of those younger guys who are really still focusing on the 10K and 5K. So I'll be curious. I'm curious to see um, how Kevin and Keith approach that over the next couple of years. So maybe that'll give some insight as how to approach a, a schedule for the masses. I guess. Yeah, because mass the the training for the masses, as you said, is has always been inspired by the elites. In the 70s, it was what Frank Schroeder and Bill Rogers were doing, so that's what I had to do. Right. That's what anybody have to, has to do because that's what they do. So it's yeah, I think that would be uh, I think that will be interesting to see in the in the coming years because that was those were some interesting uh, interesting moves when those guys came over to your group, which right. is not traditionally known for that. Right. I was I was intrigued. <laughs> I'm I still am. Yeah, I, I I mean I think it's exciting. I think it's. Um... One of those things where I mean I'm I turned 33 pretty soon and you know I'm definitely going to be more marathon oriented from here on out. But um, having those guys around and doing some of the workouts they do now for track and stuff is 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 uh, is interesting for me. And for me, it's it's kind of reinvigorated me to do some more speed type of things. And you know we we tend to break up our our marathon cycles anyway, and kind of we're kind of forced into doing a. And force is not the right word, but we end up doing um, a speed type segment, and that's what I'm kind of just starting up right here. So um, it's it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen here, and you know, it's just tough for me right now because I get do workouts with those guys, and I'm scared I'm going to get lapped on some of those stuff. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's it's nice because I haven't run that fast in a long time, so it is good. It's definitely fun. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, that was something also that I think that I was very intrigued with when I read about the the elite program in your book is the uh, what you, you refer to as the three two rule, where there's no more than three marathons in two years because otherwise you just get stuck in the cycle of yeah. marathon after marathon after marathon and you get it, it's just kind of the same thing all the time. The pace just doesn't change that much, but I think and I think people could uh, could certainly benefit from doing say a half marathon type segment. Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, some of those people really like doing marathons and that's all they want to do. And they don't care. They're not really concerned with how much faster they get. And that's fine. I mean, that's then this, you know, that that's definitely a, a choice they're, they can make. But I think for the person who's trying to run three marathons a year and trying to get faster and improve, I think that's something that they definitely need to take a look at and see, okay, have I really let some of the stuff go that I need to get back to. And, and then once, you know, once you kind of get in that rut, trying to go back to those things that you've abandoned is hard. And those workouts are really hard. And then it kind of frustrates them even more. And then they just abandon it again and, and they never really stick with it. And that's, that's the toughest thing. You just have to, 
you know, that's why I kind of like just giving yourself as a whole segment dedicated to it, because then you can, you can get frustrated and just keep plugging away. And, you know, after, you know, a month or two, it's, it'll, it'll come back, you know, and you can find yourself being able to do some things you had in a while. And that's, and then, then you get motivated and then that makes your next marathon segment even better. So. Yeah. Not to mention you can do a little more training than maybe you could before or better training. So I don't want to keep you too much longer, Luke. This has been a really cool talk and uh, I think people really get a lot of benefit out of it, but um, kind of what final advice do you have for someone who's, uh, who's deciding to train for their first half marathon, whatever ability level? You know, we touched on it a little bit, but I think just being consistent, um, you know, you don't have to go run 10 miles a day, but, you know, get out there for 30 minutes or more and, and, you know, don't be afraid to slow down. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing I see people do is they just try to run too hard every day. Um, You know, run run hard one day, run easy the next day, and make sure you're covered before you run hard again. And uh, that's going to allow you allow you to be consistent. And and again, I, I just really believe that if you can just be consistent, whether it's at 20 miles a week or 50 miles a week, you know, that's you're going to see you're going to see improvement. And uh, and then lastly, I would say if you're following a program and, and you're just starting out, don't look at where you're going to end up as far as mileage and workouts. Just stay focused on what you're currently doing and, and, and stick to that because, you know, you'll surprise yourself in a couple months uh, what you're going to be able to uh, to handle as far as workouts and, and mileage and things like that. So just have to be be patient with it. Well, very good. Well, Luke, thanks very much for uh, for your time, and we'll uh, and we look forward to, to all, all the feedback we get on this episode. So, thanks very much, and have a great rest of the day. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for having me. This has been a Runners Connect podcast. As I said, we'll be giving away a free copy of Luke's book this week. Go to runnersconnect.net/contest/hansen's-half to enter. You can also find that link in the resources section of this page. We'd also love to know what you think of our podcasts. Please let us know by leaving a short review on the Apple iTunes page. If you have a question, you can leave a comment on this page or leave us a voice message at 617-356-7969. Once again, I'm your host, Lucas Felden, and thanks for listening.